Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. It seems like we're just in this season. There's so many people that are in this uh, stage of transition. There's so many people that are, are, are needing a start over, needing a fresh start, needing to kind of break out of, of what has been and to break into what could be in the future. Amen? Amen. So let's, uh, let's talk about some facts of life here tonight. And one of the avoidable facts of life is that everyone, at some point or another, is going to experience some type of failure is going to experience a detour, a setback in life. And sometimes uh, a defeat can seem like it can overwhelm you and, and kind of box you into a corner. And, and we've all been there. We've all experienced that. There might be some that are in it right now. But we serve a God who specializes in giving us a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. And a fifth chance. And every time you turn around, it feels like, Lord, give me another chance. And I think it's just, I know it blesses me to know he knows the end from the beginning. He knows all of our failures. He knows all of our missteps. He knows all of our setbacks. And, and he's willing and very, very, very able to give us that fresh new start when we need it. You know, many times it's our own bad decisions that bring defeat upon ourselves but I don't know about you but more often life seems like uh, like a soldier an unsuspecting soldier walking through a minefield he's got a goal he knows where he wants to go he knows there's an enemy but he just doesn't know how the enemy's going to come at him and so you just walk through these, these fields and all of a sudden bam you step on this thing and it's like wow I never expected it to happen this time if that's you and if that's what your life feels like right now, you, you, honey, you're not alone. Turn to somebody and say, you're not alone. You're not alone. So on occasion, the problem, I don't know, again, I don't know about you, but I've seen this in my own life over, the, over the, all these decades of walking with God. It seems like there, there could be times in life when the problem really is not defeat, it's not failure, it's not setback. But what happens is we hit a plateau. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you hit a level and it just seems like you're not just like, what's, what's going on here? It's like we're not, we want to move forward, we want to press in, we want to break through. But it just seems like, there's, like you hit a plateau. You hit this level of, of, of stagnation and stagnation is not a good place to be. Um, God wants us our life is supposed to be like a free-flowing river. Free-flowing, free come on, help me out here. A free-flowing river. We got it. You know, a river that's teeming with life. And then, but then we, we hit these snags and we hit these little uh, times in our life where uh, we just start to stagnate. And, it, and life doesn't seem like it's there. It, it, it just seems like, you know, what's going on here? It's just, it's just stuck. And so we're, we're going to talk about that in this series. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the fact that if we'll, if we'll stick with the Word of God, the Bible teaches us 
very clearly how to take a very honest self-inventory, how to examine ourselves, because you know, if you don't examine yourself every once in a while, if you don't take a good inventory of yourself every once in a while, you can end up deceived. We've seen it happen. You just, you, you, you just start living in a false reality that is not real to anybody else but you. And uh, the Holy Spirit will take us on an honest, spirit-led inventory of our lives. And again, um, I know Pastor Matt last week when he talked about this series referred to the fact that this is the time of the year where we start doing spring cleaning. And when you do spring cleaning, it's inevitable. You're going to want to get rid of some things. You're going to want to hold on to some things. It's amazing how uh, my wife and I, after almost 40 years of being married together, it's like um, there's certain things that she's always going to want to hold on to. There's certain things that I'm going to want to hold on to. There's, the things that I want to hold on to, she wants to get rid of. <laughs> the things she wants to get rid of, I'm like, no. We, you know, we use this. Like, yeah, like, when was the last time you used this? Well, 10 years ago. I'll never forget in the early years when the first time she threw away one of my shirts. <laughs> Every guy's got one. That ratty shirt. It's got holes in it. But man, it's the most comfortable thing. And you're like, no, no, you can't throw that thing away. It's not, it's going, it's going. And those are, those are some of the prices to pay sometimes in order to experience a start over, in order to experience something fresh. And man, if there's anything about God, God, there is no staleness about God. Everything with God is always fresh. The word is always fresh. His spirit is always fresh. When he speaks to us, it's always fresh. He wants fresh for us. He wants life for us. There's nothing old and stale. Now, religion, on the other hand, is very old and stale. And religion will bore you to death. But when we're tapped into the genuineness of God... When it's real, when our relationship with him is real. Man, it's fresh. It's like always experiencing new life. But we hold on to things sometimes. We hold on to bad habits. We hold on to maybe mindsets that are obsolete. It's just not, you know, we walk through these things and we go through these cycles in life. And sometimes it's difficult to break through. I remember... I guess it was back in 1985. I was only a Christian for about a year at that time. And there was a young man that had come into uh, our lives, and this young guy, and um, I'll just call him Gary. And Gary um, became my project. Does anybody have ever had a, a, anybody know what I'm talking about? A project, you know, somebody comes in your life and, and, you, and you think, Okay, you're there, you're their personal Messiah, and, and this, this, was the kind, this was like the first project I ever took on as a Christian. Now, Gary was addicted to Coke. I'm not talking about cola. I'm talking about the other Coke. And I would pick him up, and I would bring him to church, and he'd be clean, he'd be sober for a couple of weeks, and then he would just fall right back into it. And, and um, one night after church... Um, he asked me to drop him off in Tom's River, actually down on Fisher Boulevard somewhere. And on the way there, he said to me, listen, you know, can we stop? I need to get some cigarettes and stuff. And so I pulled it to one of the convenience stores down there. Um, we're talking back in 1985. 
He gets out, I sit in the car, I'm staying in the car because, you know, I'm going to drop him off and get back home. So I watch him approach the door. Now picture this in your head, right? I watch him approach the door. He pulled on it, but something was blocking it. And so here I am sitting in the driver's seat, and I'm, 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 and I'm looking down, and he's got his foot in front of the door. His own foot is propped up against the door. And the more he's pushing, pulling, the more mad he's getting, the more he's pushing with his foot, pulling with his hand. And I'm sitting there laughing, and I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what his life has been like. And then I heard on the inside, so is yours. <laughs> How many times does God want to deal with us, and we put up an obstacle? How many times does God want to set us up for a fresh new start, for a new beginning? And we want to hold on to our habits. We want to hold on to that lifestyle that should have went away a long time ago. We want to hold on for dear life. And yet, it's the very thing that we're holding on to that's stopping us from experiencing life. I know God's not in a hurry. Do we understand that? Do we realize that God is in eternity? He's not even affected by time. And I, I can think of things in my life in complete honesty and transparency that I can look back now and realize, man, God took a decade to set me up to get me to the place where I would finally receive either a revelation that he wanted to speak to me or finally receive change. And finally, listen, 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 finally experience and I'm going to throw this word at you. It's going to sound like a religious word that scares people. To finally experience repentance. Because you see, unless God reveals something to you and causes you to see it the way he sees it, you cannot repent of it. What does repentance mean? Repentance means to change the way you see something so that you'll totally turn around and go in a complete opposite direction. And that can't happen. And sometimes, you know, you need to repent, and this one needs to repent. Well, they can't repent unless repentance is granted unto them. In other words, when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and makes us realize, hey, this way of living here is not really conducive to the life that I want for you. This is not going to cause you to walk in the new levels of life that I want for you. This, you're not going to experience my fullness if you continue to hold on to this thing. And so sometimes God will take years. And it's not like he can't do it. I should word it this way. God is very patient with us. He's long-suffering. He's faithful to us. His mercies are new every morning. And because of that, we're not consumed. And so he has patience with us. But maybe, maybe we could help him a little bit. Maybe we should be praying, Father, position me for what you have next for me. I, I've prayed this prayer plenty of times. Father, prepare me for that which is prepared for me. And so then that releases the Holy Spirit and enables the Holy Spirit because do we understand that God's a gentleman? Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is very gentle and he's not going to slam you. He's not going to body slam you. He's not going to choke you. He's not going to make you, make, you know, some people think, you know, God's just going to make somebody do something. No, if that's, if that's the truth, then God would make everybody go to heaven. So if we would understand this concept here, we may experience startovers faster. We may be ready for them quicker. Amen? Amen. 
Now, over these next few weeks, we're going to learn how to get a fresh start. We're going to learn how to maintain the momentum. But most of all, just like that guy pulling that door in the convenience store, we're going to have to learn how to get out of the way. And sometimes we are our own worst obstacle. Now, thank God that the Bible is full of promises of fresh start from God. Think about this. I'm just going to rattle off some scriptures to you. Just think about them. Let them settle in. I'm going to talk about some instances throughout the Word of God. Try to, try to let it settle in. Try to, try to get the big picture, okay? Try, try to let it apply to you. Because what God does in the Word of God, what God has done in the Word of God, God desires to do in your life. Thank you. Amen, amen, thank you. I'll say amen. Isaiah 43. Listen to this verse. Verse 18. Forget the former things. If you're going to get a fresh start, you're going to have to forget some old stuff. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That means I'll bring you refreshing. I'll bring you new life. I'll bring you to a place where your life can be vibrant again. And I'll do it right in the middle of a desert, right in the middle of a wasteland, right in the middle of a dry place. Has anybody in this room ever experienced a spiritual dry place? Thank God for this promise of a fresh start. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, the overwhelming theme of the Word of God throughout the Bible is this, out with the old, in with the new, through the Lord Jesus Christ. In order for you and I to experience a fresh start, a new start, a start over, we're going to have to understand, it's going to come through Jesus. It's, it's not going to come just because you decide to hang around with a new group of friends. It's not going to come because you decide to start uh, a new diet. It's not going to come because fresh start, a genuine fresh start that's going to take you to a new level in the things of God is going to come because you've experienced transformation to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the God of the do-over. He is the God of the second chance. Think of this. Think of this now. The book of Genesis. God creates the heaven and the earth. God creates the entire universe. Everything that's seen, unseen, He creates it's only six chapters later. Six chapters. There's a start over. You remember the story of Noah? You remember the story of the flood? Genesis chapter 6. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt. In six chapters. The earth had come, become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out all out along with the earth. Skip down to verse 17. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. I'm going to give you a start over, Noah. So enter that boat, you and your wife, your sons and their wives. Six chapters in to the word of God. And we're already, the entire human race is already in need of a start over. 
Israel goes into Egypt, becomes slaves. After 430 years of being out of the promised land, God sends a deliverer, a deliverer to bring them home and to give them a fresh start, to give them a start over. Deuteronomy chapter 11, listen to this verse, listen to the heart of God towards his people. This was the promise he made to them. The land you are entering into to take over is not like the land of Egypt. In other words, when we, when we experience a fresh start, when we experience a start over, on the other side of that thing, life should be very different than what it was before. So he says, I'm bringing you to this new land from which you have come, where you, where you planted your seed and irrigated by foot as in a vegetable garden. I'll, I'll, do, I'll talk about that. Verse 11, but the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys. It's not the desert like you were in Egypt. That Watch this now. That drinks rain from heaven. It is a land that the Lord your God cares for. His eyes are, the eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. What's he saying here? I'm taking you, Israel, from a place where you were to a, a, a phenomenal start over to the point where your life is going to be so completely different than what it was over there in Egypt. See, in Egypt, in order to get water to anything that you've planted, you've got to dig a canal. You have to put up some kind of an irrigation system. And the kind of irrigation system that they had developed, a crude irrigation system, is somebody, some slave, their job all day is to sit there and pump with one leg and if he ever stopped pumping, the water stopped coming from the Nile into those fields. But he says, I'm taking you to a place where the land that you're going to drinks from the rains of heaven. In other words, the start over that I'm going to take you, and this is for somebody here tonight, the place that I want to take you to, I'm not, when God speaks those words, it doesn't always mean a geographical change. In this case, it did. But this is symbolic also spiritually. Because many of us are in a place of toil. Man, life just seems like just constant toil, constant struggle, constant striving. And God's wanting to take you spiritually and emotionally to a new place, to a start over, where you're going to experience the grace of God, the rains of heaven. The rains of heaven always talk about the Holy Spirit in a fresh new way. Now, whoever that's for, you better hold on to that. So we see here, the next season, John the Baptist. John the Baptist's job, his mission, his calling, was to prepare the people for a start over. Was to prepare the people to go from this, this age of, this season of, this, this dispensation of, of religion, of the law, of rituals, of sacrifices. And he was wanting to bring them into this new place in Christ of grace, of unconditional love from the Father. So his message, his message was, repent, examine yourselves, get ready for the new. The people had stagnated in their faith. Now many people don't, may, may not be aware of this. If you're a Bible student, you may be. But the way the Bible is set up, our Bible is set up in the New Testament. Excuse me, the Old Testament goes from Genesis to the book of Malachi. And then you turn the page, and it's New Testament. And we have the first of the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew. But what many of us may not understand or realize or remember is that it was 400 years between Malachi's book being written and between the Gospel of Matthew. 400 years. That's almost twice the history of our country. And in those 400 years, there's not one piece of sacred scripture that's written. The Holy Spirit hasn't spoken to anyone. It's like everything is on, on hold. 
And after 400 years, and the Spirit of God begins to speak, and he speaks predominantly in the beginning through this man, John. What's his mission? Get ready. Get ready for what, John? Change is coming. Get ready. Examine your hearts. Examine your souls. Examine your lives. Examine yourself. Examine the agendas of your heart. Why? The Messiah is coming. A whole new age of God relating to man. What was he going to experience? A start over. And that was his job to prepare. And the Holy Spirit is preparing people. And I believe that people have come here tonight and are coming here this weekend prepared. Then Jesus shows up on the scene. What's Jesus' message? Embrace the new. Embrace the fresh. Embrace the start over. Embrace the new beginning. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says this. But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry. And as much as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. John the Baptist said, get your heart ready. Get your life ready. Get things in order. Prepare yourself. There's a fresh start coming. There's a new start coming. Jesus comes on the scene and says, embrace this new start. Embrace this start over. Embrace this new covenant with new and better promises. Man, the old covenant was good. The old covenant, you could get miracles. The old covenant, you can get healed. The old covenant saw miraculous things. The old covenant was a covenant of protection for God's people, a covenant of provision for God's people. So, so man, uh, even today, the old covenant doesn't look so bad. But then Jesus shows up on the scene, and he brings in this new and better covenant, better covenant, which is a covenant that brings us not just provision and safety and protection, and maybe we can get healed once in a while, but it also brings righteousness, holiness, sanctification, the new birth, life everlasting. Now when a start over is welcomed with a new heart, it's almost always better than before. Jesus' message was, get rid of the old. A fresh start requires a fresh outlook. Even those of us that assembled here tonight, Sometimes we're so tempted to hold on to what's comfortable. Jesus' message was always, step out. Jesus' message was always, get, get, stop your dependence on the old. Stop your dependence on what's comfortable. You, never you notice when you're comfortable, there's no reason to display any kind of faith? Faith is only displayed when we are called out of the boat. When we are called to step out into something fresh and new. When we are challenged to accept a start over. Jesus used an illustration to kind of get this message across to the people. Matthew chapter 9, verse 16. Jesus says, No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. Now let me stop there because this whole concept is lost to the last few generations. When was the last time you sewed a patch in anybody's clothes? 1979. Now, our society doesn't do that anymore. We just throw them away and go to Macy's and buy a new one. But he's talking to a, to a, to a group of people that when, when, when your clothing ripped or tore or wore out, you got a patch, you got another piece of cloth, and you sewed a patch over it. But now what he's saying is so true. If you take a piece of cloth 
that's brand new and you attach that piece of cloth to something that's old, something that's already pre-shrunk, what's going to happen? This is the first time you throw that thing in the washing machine. That new patch is going to shrink. It's going to tear away. The stitching is going to loosen up. Now, our fashion designers have already taken care of this because now everybody just walks around with holes in their jeans. <laughs> so we've circumvented that entire process. But he goes on to then give a further illustration. Another one that's going to require an explanation. But let's just read it. Verse 17. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins. Or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Now, when did Marie search? Because I don't know if there's anybody in here anymore that makes their own wine. And even if we do in this generation, we put it into glass bottles or barrels or whatever. But that wasn't the case back then. Back then, the way they would, what they would do with wine, what they would do, even with, with olive oil, but specifically Jesus is using the illustration here of wine, talking about the Spirit. Wine always represents the Holy Spirit. They would take, let's say, a goat. They would, you know, they would kill the goat, use the meat, but they would save the skin and try to save the entire skin of the animal intact as possible. And they would sew up wherever any kind of cut had been made. They would sew it up. They would obviously take all the fur off the outside and clean it up real good, wash the inside with salt and, and get all the impurities out and all the junk out of there, get all the blood out of there. And, and basically they would, they would have a hide left. And so they would sew it up and then they would put the wine in these wine skins. Okay? Now... What happens to wine when you take new wine, it's basically just grape juice, and you put it into something and you're going to allow it to turn into wine? There's a process called fermentation. Fermentation, just like yeast, when you put yeast into a product, what does it produce? The yeast produces little bubbles. It produces gas, okay? And so that's why your bread swells up, the cake swells up, whatever you're making, anything, you know, pizza dough, whatever, it's going to, it's going to swell up. It's going to uh, rise, because of the gases. Well, the wine that they would put into these wineskins would also, in the fermentation process, give off gas. And that gas would kind of like cause that skin to expand. Now, if you took new wine and you put it into an old wineskin that has already expanded and has already kind of gotten to the place where it's a little bit brittle, when that fermentation process takes place with the new wine, it's going to cause that old wineskin to explode. Now, they understood perfectly what he was saying here. I'm having to explain it to us. But symbolically speaking, what Jesus was saying is, you're not going to be able to embrace a, a start over. You're not going to be able to embrace a fresh start unless the heart has changed. Unless there's a new nature. Because you see, when the Spirit of God's going to come in, if you hold on, if you're old thinking, brittle, just set in your ways, stuck on stupid, what happens is, as the revelations come to you from the Holy Ghost, you're not going to receive them. And I see many people who God has tried to speak to throughout the decades and reveal himself to them, but they were just stuck on, well, the way we used to do it, and the way we used to do it, and the way my old church, and the way I believe, and the way I was taught. Well, honey, maybe you were taught wrong. And so revelation comes as, as phenomenal wine. 
but it's not received. And it's just like spilling wine out into the ground. It's wasted. And Jesus is saying to them, just like you wouldn't put new wine in an old wineskin. Get rid of the old wineskin. Get yourself a new wineskin. He's talking about the new birth. He's talking about, he's encouraging them, accept the new birth. Become a new creation. Become a new uh, creation in Christ. Be born again. So that now you have a new nature receiving new revelation and the both of them mature together. That's what he's talking about. Some of us want to start over, but we don't want to get rid of the old. Some of us want to start over, but we want to still entertain the old junk that we entertain. Some of us keep complaining about what's going on in our life, but we keep feeding it. A couple of years ago, I guess it was in the winter of 2015. We started seeing little paw prints in the snow in our backyard. And we would see this, this little cat filthy, one eye closed, barely able to walk sometimes, drinking out of the, out of the old um, uh, pots that we have in the backyard that you know, all the plants had died, it's winter time, but you know it rains and the water gathers in there. This poor thing is just propped up and drinking out of the muddy water. And, and, and my wife, you know, could I put a little something out there for it? I said, just let's make the decision right now. If you do that, we have a pet now. And I was okay with that, surprisingly enough. I was okay with that. But we made the decision. We knew. We knew. As soon as we start putting any water out there, as soon as we start putting any food out there, it's our cat. But you see, some people... Complain, I don't want that cat. I don't want that cat. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. I don't want that cat in my life. I don't want this pest, you know what I'm saying? I don't want this conduct in my life. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't want the cat in your life, stop feeding it. Now, in some cases, now we've got a, a beautiful little pet in the house. But in some cases, that little kitty turns out to be a saber-toothed tiger. And it's going to destroy your life. Stop feeding it. If you want to start over, allow God to show you the things in your life that need to just get... You've got to stop feeding it. Some things you need to start to death. Some mindsets, some ways of thinking. You're not going to get a start over if you keep thinking the same way you were always thinking. Two and two is always four. If you don't want four, you've got to change the equation. Oh, whatever. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> He was, he was preparing them for the born-again experience. A start over requires a new heart. A new heart has got to embrace the fresh start. Now listen to me, okay? Without a heart transformation, there can never be a true start over. The inside nature must change or else the outer conduct will not. It will not. Okay? Can I just throw a couple things out here? Because most of the time, this message is going to be received the, the, the most and the greatest way by those who are suffering from their own lifestyles right now. Listen to me. I've watched this throughout the years. 
to try to impose behavior modification on a person that hasn't experienced a new heart is useless. It's useless. Because the old heart, the old nature is always going to overpower the behavior modification. You can try to stay away from certain places, stop watching certain things, start hang, st stop hanging around certain individuals. But if the nature of the heart doesn't change, and it's got to precede that conduct, it's got to precede the modification. If it does not precede the modification, all you're trying to do is put a straitjacket on an individual who is dying to get out. Does that, does that make sense to anybody? Because so many people get so frustrated and they, they try to behavior modification, 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 and it's not changing anything. It's like you, you're still on the inside, you still crave the old things. You still, what, what is it? The nature hasn't changed. See, that's what religion tries to do. Religion tries to get you to act a certain way, but the nature hasn't changed. And that's why if you have not, if you're sitting here tonight or you're watching this, and you have not taken the step to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have not submitted your life to Him, if you have not said, Jesus, come into my life, I believe that you're the Son of God, I know that you died on the cross for my sins, I need you, Jesus, I need the power of your Holy Spirit, I need, I need you to come and make me a new person. If you haven't prayed that prayer, as simple as it might sound and as crude as it might sound, I beg you, please, before you leave here tonight, or when you're watching this, Take a moment, say that prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Change my heart. Change my nature. Change who I am. I want to be born again. That's why it's called being born again. Why? The old nature has got to die. Your old nature is, is, is not wanting to serve God. Your old nature wants to serve your flesh, your selfishness. It wants to be self-indulgent. That is the nature we're born with. If you try to change without changing the inside, all you're going to have is a religion. You'll have a belief system, but it will not change you. Amen? Amen. Practical steps. We're talking about this. Start over. Could you all say this with me before I proceed tonight? I love my pastor. Because he tells me the truth. Whether it feels good or not. All right, good. Thank you for that permission. <laughs> if you want to experience a start over that God wants you to have, God wants us to start over fresh. Stop making excuses. Oh, this crowd's really good tonight. <laughs> People who are very good at making excuses are really good at anything else. If I want a fresh start in my life, I've got to stop making excuses for my failures. I've got to stop blaming other people. I've got to stop seeing myself as a victim of my circumstances. Put your shoes down. Put the stones down. This is the truth. We have got to. The thing that blocks us, just like, just like that guy Gary had his foot against that door, and he's not, that door's not going anywhere. This is the stuff we're talking about here. There are too many of us that have gotten into the habit of blaming other people for our problems. There's too many of us that have gotten into this place of seeing ourselves as victims. And you know what? Maybe you were. Maybe, maybe stuff was done to you completely out of your control. Let me ask you this question. Have you got any success from being a victim? So then why do you want to continue that? 
when you want to change, when you want to break that cycle, when you want to break that pattern, and if it requires you to give up revenge, to give up punishing those that imposed something upon you that's really impacted your life in a bad way, are you going to keep continuing that way? That's why forgiveness is so necessary. We've got to stop blaming other people. We've got to stop, we got to stop seeing ourselves as a victim of, 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 of circumstances. Other people can hurt us. Other people can harm us. Other people can scar us. But the only person that can ruin your life is you. Nobody can ruin your life and my life without our permission. And when we refuse to forgive, when we hold a grudge, when we continually see ourselves as poor me, poor me, I'm such, you know, but pastor, you don't know what happened to me. Yeah, yeah, and please, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying, if we would step out of ourselves and realize the posture that we're taking, you've got to break out. To, to start over fresh, you've got to break out. You've got to walk away from the past. It's not going to help you. You have a choice, and that choice is that you can choose how you're going to respond to those hurts. The Bible, the Bible states that the starting point is to just be honest and accept responsibility for my part in the problem. Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. An alternate translation says it this way, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. What is another chance? Start over. A start over. You can't drag your stuff into a new start over. You've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. He gets a fresh start. And the first step to starting over is to be honest and to face up to the problems. And most of the problems in my life, most of my failures, your failures are my fault. It's hard to get people to admit that when they're wrong. People don't like to admit, I made a mistake, I blew it. God says that if they admit the mistake, if we admit our failures, if we admit our sin, then we get a chance in life for a fresh start over. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we can, let's, let's read this together. Can we put that up on the screens? Let, let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now leave that up there. Let's, let's pull this apart for a few minutes. Okay? Is it, is it okay? All right? You've been great tonight and just give me a couple more minutes, all right? If we confess our sins, if I'm willing to admit my mistakes, if I'm willing to admit... I, threw, I put myself in this position. And it says, he is faithful. Now that we can depend on him. We, we don't know what the consequences of our sins are. We know we can choose to sin, but we can't choose the consequences. We don't know what's on the other side of that sin. Okay? But we can know this, that when we're ready to forsake that, and we're ready to confess that sin to God, he's faithful. Always. He's always faithful. He's always faithful. Church, listen to me. He's always faithful. You can always trust that he's going to respond the same way every single time. And what's he faithful to do? To forgive us. But also to do what? To cleanse us. Now, now let's talk about this for a minute because we're talking about start over here. And listen, we're in a series. We're not going to finish this tonight, okay? You got this? So, so can I take my time a little bit here? All right, now listen. Now, I'm glad he'll forgive me. But you see, if it just stopped there, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Thank you, God. Thank you that, that you're forgiving my sins. But watch the next step. If he wasn't faithful also to cleanse me, then I'm going to do the same thing over and over again. Yes or no? Yes. Now, what's he cleansing me from? He's cleansing me from what? All unrighteousness. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? Okay, good. I'm so glad you asked. Here's what it means. <laughs> Listen, how many times did you get yourself involved in a sin that you should never got involved in, and you picked up some things while you were in that sin? Uh, are you kidding me? The rest of you were like already in heaven? <laughs> what are you guys, delusional tonight? Are you serious? How many people can remember a time when you got involved in sin and you walked out of it and you knew something's clinging to you that wasn't there before? He's saying here this. If we'll confess that sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us our sin, but even more importantly, he cleanses us from all the junk that you picked up while you were in that hellhole that you should have never been in to begin with. Thank God. Now listen, we've got to stop. We're going to pick up on this next weekend. One thing that we're going to find out starting next weekend is that the agent of change that's going to take us from the old into a start over, into a fresh new start, is always going to be the word of God. If you think you're going to experience a start over, if you think you're going to start a fresh start, if you think you're going to get a new beginning apart from the word of God, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. Starting next week, we're going to, we're going to look at some things in the word of God that are going to propel us and launch us into a start over, into a fresh new start, into a place of new beginnings. Are you hearing me? I want you to prepare your heart and understand. It's the word that changes us. It's the word that changes us. If you're looking for change in your life, you're going to have to receive the word of God like you would receive a prescription. Like you would receive a medicine. Are you listening to me? Now listen. Earlier, I talked about a, a fresh new start through the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we're not talking about a fresh start with a new job, although that's a wonderful blessing. We're not talking about a fresh start with a new relationship. We're not talking about a fresh start that you move from one town to another and say, oh wow, this is such a breath of fresh air to be in this new neighborhood. Those are all wonderful things. But as wonderful as they are, they don't change us on the inside. And they don't guarantee us eternal life. There is one start over. There is one fresh start. There is one new beginning that takes us from death to life. Just like we talked about it last weekend. Takes us from darkness into light. Takes us to a place where we heard about Jesus. Where we know his name. But now we know him because we've met him and we hear his voice and we now become his, his, his child and we now become part of his kingdom. And that is the born again experience. The born again, don't let that scare you. 
Jesus referred to the experience where he, by his spirit, comes to live on the inside of, of the person who's willing to put their trust in him. He referred to it as being born again. You can go read it in John chapter 3. It's a spiritual experience. It's not a conversion. A conversion is, you know, I studied these books and I came to the conclusion I want to go in that direction. Now, this is a spiritual experience. It's something that springs up from the inside. It is your response to the Holy Spirit drawing you, tugging on you, showing you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody goes to the Father except through Him. I'm praying and I'm believing that there are certain individuals here tonight that may have never taken that step, that are ready to take that step tonight. And I beg you, please, there is a fresh new start that's waiting on the other side of your decision. There is a brand new beginning in life that's waiting over there. But more importantly, more importantly, what's waiting for you on the other side of that decision, on the other side of your yes, on the other side of your prayer, what's waiting for you is eternal life. The Holy Spirit himself will come to live on the inside of you you then become a child of God. You then have the security to know that if you were to take the last breath tonight, you would find yourself immediately in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have that kind of security, if you can't say without a doubt that if you died tonight, that you know that you know that you know that you would be in the presence of Jesus, please do not miss this opportunity. I want you to all stand up. Pray this prayer with me. Repeat it after me. Father, Father I, do I do believe that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is, your son. is your son. I believe he died on the cross for me. I believe he rose again from the dead. And I ask Jesus to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I declare my need for you. I need you. I need a fresh start. I want eternal life now. I want to know that I know that I know with all security that if I were to die tonight, I will be in your presence. I believe you, Jesus. I believe your word. And I thank you that this night I can declare with all confidence that I am a child of God. I am now born again. I have all hope of spending eternity in your presence. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.